Hi, this is Ray Duckler. My guest today is Jack Shields from Penacook. And Jack recently went down to the State House to make his presence felt over the nativity scene there. He believes in strongly in the First Amendment and separation of church and state. So he does not believe that the government should be promoting or singling out one particular religion over another. And so he then brought down a cutout of some patriots to prove his point, also with the Statue of Liberty. So welcome, Jack. Thank you very much, Ray. I'm pleased to be here. Tell me, um, before we get to exactly what happened last weekend, tell me about your early days as a kid when you were attending Catholic schools and kind of finding yourself and, and, and wondering about the impact you were receiving, the knowledge you were receiving from Catholic school. It sounded kind of empty when we spoke earlier. Well, I would say that my uh, my lack of belief in religion, it did start when I was in grammar school. And as uh, noted before, it was uh, I didn't feel anything special when I had my second communion. And I was taught that that was what I was going to feel. But that established the beginning of the doubts. And things continued, I would say, increasingly doubts because the whole story of the Bible and of uh, Christian religion in general is kind of mm, uh, fantastical, if you could put that word on it. It doesn't have a lot of uh, background to it that says that this is actually what happened uh, for a long time. Uh, there was no historical evidence for any of the things that they talk about, like Noah's flood and such like that. So to a kid, those things all mattered, and I had lots of doubts. So, as an adult, I am an atheist. I don't believe that there is a God. There's variations of being an atheist. There's agnostic, which is to have a doubt that there's a God, uh, and so on and so forth. But part of the point here is you can be deeply, deeply religious and still have a problem with showing the nativity scene at the statehouse, right? Because well, you believe in you believe that this is not a theocracy, so you can be heavily, very uh, committed to religion and still think that that's a problem because of it's not following uh, separation of church and state. Do I have that right? This is this is true. Um, what so actually? Let's talk about separation of church and state a little bit before we get that. that. I, I have here um, a blog from uh, something called we, Why Do We Have the First Amendment? And it's by the Liberty First Network. And it talks about uh, each of the steps of the First Amendment. And one of the things that it talks about is um, the fact that government, the, the whole point of the First Amendment was to prevent government from imposing its will upon the people. That's the whole point. And so when any, when any government entity proposes to impose that on another or lends its official voice in in support of anything right these are the things we have to guard against and so the the nativity display down at the Concord City Hall was because it was right next to Main Street was the only opinion being being said to Main Street and even though I'm an atheist it has really nothing to do with the idea that I'm trying to promote the idea that this should be a multi-voiced place. And in the past, the only voice that was there were the Christian voices. And so by us putting the display there, which was our First Amendment right under the right of free speech, then we were being equal with that nativity scene that was being there. And in our minds, 
we were inviting other faiths to come and, and demonstrate in the same area to show their faith. And Ray brought up an interesting point about the menorah sitting at the, what we call the foreground in front of the state house. It's been there for a very long time. I don't know if you've noticed this, but no one notices it. It's, it's hard to see from Main Street. You have to it's look. Not, it's not part of that tableau. Right. Okay? What you see from Main Street is this big Christmas tree with a nativity scene next to it, and that just it just says Christian. That's all it says. So my thought is, why is that menorah way back there? Are they trying to show their concern or their their faith to the state house, or is it for some other reason? And I would actually, I looked uh, in the paper to find when they were going to have the first lighting of the first candle because I want to go to speak to the rabbi and ask her why is why is it that we don't have it up front? Right. Because I think that's the perfectly appropriate place for it to be. I noticed that in today's monitor, <laughs> there's a letter uh, to the editor where a Christian is defining that the this time of year is for Christians. And this is, it seems like it's only for Christians. And that's not true. We have 32-something holidays that take place between what we, what we call a holiday season. And we ought to be celebrating all those as well. We ought to be able at least inviting those people. That should be our... If, if I was a city councilor, I would be advocating for the idea that we should be inviting everyone in a very clear voice to come to this table and set up their display, or set up anything, or not set up, but just make sure that we are inviting them. Because I don't think that's been happening. I think it's been laissez-faire and just let's go with the flow. You know, maybe it's time to rethink that, because we need to, I think as our population changes, we need to think about other peoples besides those who were predominantly here before. We're changing. The, um, now, the First Amendment, I'm not exactly a constitutional scholar, but I did a little background. I, just for the listeners, I had written a story about Jack and his views, a column that ran recently. And uh, so I looked up with the main gist of the First Amendment as it connects to religion, and it says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. So someone might interpret that as meaning the government is not, uh, is allowing freedom of religion, but at the same time that is separate from showing a, a display on public property. I mean, you can interpret that as not exactly meaning you should not be displaying Christian symbols on, on public property. How do you interpret what, what, what is in that, those words or the First Amendment that specifically tells you don't display a religion on public property during the holiday season? Is there something well, that's actually, spelled no, out no, like that? No. Let, that's, that's not, you know, Christmas is kind of wishy-washy, kind of indefinite thing. Christmas is a religious holiday, and it's also a commercial holiday. It's not really something that, let's go to something a little bit more firmer. Uh, I think it's Exeter. I'm pretty sure it's Exeter. Has a has a Ten Commandments monument on a small piece of land right in the center of their town. It's part of the uh, like a roundabout. People uh -huh. have to drive around it all day long. Yeah. Okay. So this is a religious instrument. It's you know, Ten Commandments. You can't argue it's not religious. On public property. Why does that have to be there? That's my question. Why does it have to be there? The answer is. It was there, and it's, it was put there as a tradition or a, 
a good thought by the Knights of Columbus, whatever it might be, but it was never really adhered to under the law. The law says that if you put something on the government property, you're endorsing that. As a government, you're endorsing it. Uh, you put the American flag in front of the post office. The post office is endorsing the idea that that American flag is what we stand for. So symbols have meaning. And in this case, in that case, the Ten Commandments sitting in the middle of that, that square tells anybody, anybody who's walking through there or driving by there, this is Christian. That's what it says. You know, it has no right to be there for that reason. All right, because it's it's promoting a government opinion. Now you could say, well, I need to put other things on there. Maybe I need to put a menorah or a Jewish star on the backside of that. All those other things. Well, you can do that, and it would make it better. Mm -hmm. But really, it's an infringement. It shouldn't be here. Government should be neutral to all religions. So there should be the the perfect solution would be for there to be nothing there, nothing in front of the state house, or something that that uh, symbolizes just lights and festival and happiness, as opposed to Correct. some kind of worship. Exactly, that would right. be better, right? Or nothing. That would, I I don't think that. Here's my position: if religion has to be there, I think other religions should also be there, and. And also, the government should be there to say that this is just a, a free speech thing. It should be clear. This is not the government saying this is a religious thing that we promote. That would be, that'd be the first thing. The second thing would be, if it all went away, I'd be, uh, I'd be very happy. You know, because Christmas is a commercial thing. And you can have a gigantic tree. People can gather around it and sing their carols, do whatever they want to. But once you make it a religious thing... That's a different story. Right. Well, what what did you do now? Last Saturday, you and uh, some other representatives of the Freedom from Religion Foundation. You are a member of the state branch of that national organization. I'm a member of the national branch. There's no state There's no branch. state. You're a member of that organization, Correct. nationwide yep. uh, organization. So you went down there with what? And uh, what, how many people showed up and what were reaction from others? Just tell us about what happened last Saturday in front of the State House. Well, there, was a, there were about eight other people who were also from that, that group. Um, showed up, helped me unload a, a little display and set it up uh, next to the crush. Well, a little bit distance away, but near enough. And uh, we took a picture around it. And there wasn't any disturbance. There wasn't any... What was the symbol? The symbol the cut is off, the cutout. It's a it's a cutoff and it shows four figures. One is the Statue of Liberty, Ben Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, and uh, George Washington. And they are they're bending over or kneeling next to a manger in which there is the Bill of Rights. And the Bill of Rights was uh, approved in December, December fifteenth of uh, seventeen ninety one. And um, this is this is just a. Um, a portrayal of the birth of the of the, of the Bill of Rights that happens in the same time. The Bill of Rights is the the First Amendment is the guarantees that we've just been talking about here. Uh, so this is why it's it's particularly germane. Uh, next to it is a small plaque, and it says that this is also the time of the winter solstice, which is upon which all of, most every holiday is based upon, and that. Um, one of the things that's good about the First Amendment is it guarantees the right for everybody to dissent. You can have whatever whatever opinion you want, and 
Uh, when you take away the right to dissent by forcing everybody to think as you do, then that's tr that's against the First Amendment, and I think it's it's un-American. You have Washington, Ben Franklin, and Thomas Jefferson, and and Lady Liberty. What do you think those people would say today if they saw the nativity scene out on public land? Do you think they would have a problem with it and say, look, we're the drafters, we're the framers, this is not what we meant. Do you think that they would say that? Yes. You I, do? I do. Okay. I do. I, I, the reason is, is because I think in those times, during the drafting of the Constitution and when they drafted the Bill of Rights, they were worried about government intrusion, about making people do uh, things that they were against their were against their minds. You have to remember that we that we came from Britain, British England, and in Britain they were Protestant and then they were Catholic. Right. And the Thirty Years' War is all about that that war. In fact, segments of that that whole conflict are still going on today in Ireland. Uh, so they knew they knew that religion was a divisive force and that they had to be able to put it into a corner where it wasn't going to do harm to the government, harm to the nation. You know, you could do what you wanted to do. This is, in this country, you can have a religion and you can, it can be anything. No one defines religion for it. No one, no one has ever gone to the Supreme Court and said, this is a religion and this is not. You know, so any, any of those decisions were made by departments, not by the Supreme Court. You know, so even today we have religions going before courts and saying, I'm a, veri I'm a verified religion. Right. And they don't, there's, no, there's very little argument once they say that. There's very few things that they have to prove to make themselves religious. And even in the, under that, because they can prove those things, then they get rights. They get rights to uh, not have to file a tax return. Uh, they get uh, ministers free, uh, free rent or payment of their housing, those kinds of things, just because they call themselves religions. So in this, in this country, we are very liberal about what kind of religion you are, what you want to say. There's no problem with that. Right. But you don't want government telling you what to say. I'll give you another example. At one time, we used to promote uh, prayer in school. And uh, for, for the longest time, that was the status quo. It seemed right. It taught you basic morals, that kind of thing. But under the... Un, who, was the, who were the principal pe uh, religions who were in those schools? The Protestants. So what were the prayers that they, uh, that they spoke of? They spoke Protestant prayers. Catholics chafed under that. They hated saying the things that were being said by the Protestants, and vice versa. The, the Protestants have a lot of animus towards Catholics. You know, it's all about the cross. However, <clears throat> it was the Catholics who protested the loudest and actually went to, co went to court and started the whole process for not being forced to say Protestant prayers in a public school. And why did that happen? It's because that tool, that part of the government, which was the public school, was a voice for that particular religion, which was Protestant. And that was the voice of the government. You had no choice. You had to pray that prayer. This is, this is not right. It's, it doesn't recognize individual rights. It doesn't recognize rights of other religions. It's a trampling. And as long as people do not speak up about it, it will continue. Do you, uh, do you take it far enough where we should take in God we trust 
uh, off the dollar bill because there are people who don't believe in God? Is that infringing on the atheists' rights? It's not infringing on the atheists' rights. I don't think that the atheists' rights would really care. But I will tell you something about that particular slogan. Prior to that slogan, our motto was E Pluribus Unum, from many, one. And what does that say? That says that we are a group that is bound together as a nation. There is no, there is no vision, division there. As soon as, in 1954, during the Cold War, when Christians petitioned our government to have that put on our, our, our money, there, there have been other instances where it showed up in money. There were, it came from coins back in the 1800s, but it was never on our paper bills. When it came on our paper bills, it was in direct relation to the, the Cold War and how we wanted to affirm the fact that we, as a nation, believed in God against the godless communists. You know, And I think that was a failure of our legislature. They, they caved to these people, and we wound up with that stuck on our thing, on our money. So I think it's an infringement. You know, I think that there's 30% of the people in the United States now would consider themselves to be non-religious, that, that high? 30%. 30%. 30% are considered non-religious. In other words, that not that they don't think of spiritual things, but they don't participate in organized religion. Hmm. All right? So, And under that 30%, you have every shade that you can think of of religiosity in terms of spirituality, Wicca, atheist, non-atheist, agnostics, whatever you have. But that, that percentage of people is growing in the United States. That's not getting smaller. And I think it's because a lot of the things that we deal with today are difficult for religions which are based in the first and second century to handle. I mean, I don't think you see or you could see the ideas of transgenderism in any part of the Bible. You never, it's just incomprehensible for the people of that time to think that you could change yourself over and the surgeries and the rest of the things that are required to do that. So to throw everything into a, into a pot where it's a sin or that, or that, this is the wrong, the wrong approach. The religion's not fitting the time of the, to, of the time. So we need to have something that's, that's, that's human, that cares about people, which essentially, that's the thing I think that I admire most about religions, is that they, ought, they, they actually go out and help people. They help poor people. They do a lot of good work. I only object to religions when they take over the public space and are the main voice, seemingly, from the government. That's what I object to. Did you, on Saturday, um, when you had your uh, cardboard cutout, did, did anybody say anything to you? Uh, negative? No. Not that you were noticed that you were there, right? That you, and your point was clear? Or, or did people come up to you and say, hey, what's this all about? Or what happened? No, most of the time we were there, we were, we were kind of uh, just talking about how, how good we felt that it was a good day for, for New Hampshire, that somebody, somebody had spoken up, and we thought that that was good. And people going by, there weren't very many people, it was 10 o'clock or so. Right, right. And people would go by, they would look at the display, and they'd walk away. Nobody spat on it. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Although, you know, again... It, people shouldn't, if they go to see this thing, the people shouldn't think that it's a negative statement about religion. It's not. It's a statement about being free to speak what we all want to see. Whatever, whatever it is that you want to say, that's what it's about.
Well, the, the connection to that, that leads us into our last little topic here is there are people who claim there's a war on Christmas going on. You are the leader. You are one of the leaders on a war on Christmas. You, are, you don't like Christianity. You are against Christianity. It's a war on Christmas, and you are a godless person heading, <laughs> leading this country to sin. Correct. Something like that. So I, re I read the same book. <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. So comment on the war on Christmas. What, what's your belief on that or your opinion on that? Does it exist? I, I, think, I think the war on Christmas is largely made up. I think it comes from Fox News and Bill O'Reilly. and uh, It's meant to stir people up. You know, uh, here, here's the thing. Why should a person who's walking down the street, uh, who meets another walking down the street, say, Merry Christmas to that person if they don't know that that Christmas is something that the other person is interested in. How do they know that? Why, why should uh, sales clerks inside commercial stores be forced to say Merry Christmas to every customer as they come out the door or in the door? Well, that seems, is, what, is, what is that all about? It's assuming a lot, I guess. Um. It is. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not... People don't have, don't have to feel ashamed about saying Merry Christmas, but you know something? If you say it to me, I don't care. Right. It doesn't mean anything to me. I mean, I like this. I like the the lights and the. Right. I actually, you know, this is a part of Christmas I like in the sense that I feel like people will finally start listening to each other and loving each other without worrying that what they're doing is wrong. You know. Yeah. That's there's a freedom of you can just be nice. And that's the, that's the best part about Christmas, if you ask me, besides the lights. I love the lights. And mm. Rudolph. All that. Love it. Um, all right, we're about out of time. Jack, I do appreciate you uh, coming by. Fascinating mm. topic. And have a great, uh, have a great Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next time on the Ray Duckler Podcast. Thank Bye. you very much. Bye-bye.